the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And welcome back as we head into hour two of our daily three-hour tour. I never know quite how to introduce this guest because he is so darned accomplished in so many areas. But Kurt Schlichter is an attorney, a communicator, an author. His most recent book, Crisis, which is a novel about uh, America splitting apart into red and blue, just out. I want to highly recommend it as I do everything he writes Follow him on Twitter, of course. Kurt, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for uh, going over my resume. I have, you know, as a Los Angeles trial lawyer, I have just enough ego to enjoy people talking about me. <laughs> I, I was. I, I should probably call you Colonel Schlichter. That you deserve that. You earned yeah, that. I'm retired. It's just Kurt. Okay. Kurt. I, I always thought that eagle was being loaned to me by the people of the United States oh, wow. to do a job and not my identity. Okay. Wow. So, wow. That's a nice sentiment. You tweeted something that I woke up this morning watching all this news and I noticed this was happening seeping in a little bit yesterday with all the. Mentions of 20,000 National Guard troops in Washington, D.C., um, and it was just beginning to get a little bit odd to me, and then the barbed wire and the fencing and the mayor telling people not to come, and you tweeted this morning, I'm hereby announcing my availability for radio, TV, and other hits to vent about what a ridiculous deployment this is in the Capitol. It's not even <laughs> a deployment. You see compliant there, huh, Seth? Yeah, it's not even a deployment. It's a photo op. Where the uh, um, where the troops are being well, it, it makes it feel. I, I just got this eerie feeling before I even read what you wrote, Kurt, that this is being used as because Republicans we can't have a peaceful inauguration. That's how I felt. Oh, yeah, that's kind of it. Twenty thousand troops is about two divisions. Let's put that in perspective. A division uh, there are about twelve active divisions, I think, and about eight reserve divisions. Uh, now, there's lots of the Army that is not in divisions, but, you know, that's the big combat formation. So they're basically putting the two-division-sized force uh, into Washington, D.C. to defend themselves against about maybe 200 uh, idiots, including a dude in a Viking hat. Mm-hmm. So uh, is it overkill? Yeah, it's overkill. But worse than that, it's exploitation of our great young soldiers, uh, who I see as not being particularly well-led. I looked at that cluster that gaggle uh, in the Capitol where you had dudes strewn all over the place yeah. on cold marble. Uh, it looked terrible. The troops looked terrible. I'm thinking, where are the sergeants? Where are the officers? I see the photographers. Um, that's a, you know, there are no bad soldiers. There are only bad leaders. I understand. And uh, I don't know who was, quote-unquote, in charge there, but whoever was in charge wasn't in charge. Mm-hmm. Because if you think Colonel Schlichter would have walked in on his battalion and seen it strewn around like that, in utter chaos, weapons there just for the taking, mm-hmm. guys not with their issue equipment, every one of us had a mat, every one of us has a sleeping bag, and we all have enough cots in the storeroom, you stick them on a truck and you bring them where you go. I know, because I did in the multiple civil support operations where I participated and commanded and planned. 
So uh, I, I, I just think it was a disaster. It looked horrible. If it's supposed to give the impression to these insurrectionists who are really a couple scraggly beard weirdos uh, who gather together, drink too much beer, call themselves, you know, the Patriot Force, uh, you know, borrow Jimmy's shotgun, and now they're the militia. Well, uh, it's not uh, – uh, th- these guys did not look particularly impressive. They were bored, un- unmotivated, no guidance. Uh, a lot of them look sloppy. It's hard to look good in winter gear. I get it. I know. I've been there, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I'm looking at these guys, and they just did not look like a fired-up unit that's ready to go out and take on a mission. You can see the difference, Seth. You can feel the difference. I know why. I've been in long enough, and anybody and anybody listening to me, they're all bond their head, especially the sergeants going, I can't believe an officer saying something. Smart. I'm. I'm not going to tell him. I don't want to wreck everything. Uh-huh. But uh, you know, you walk into a unit. You know, this unit is squared away because people are moving with a purpose. They look good. And why am I saying is it important to look good? It's yeah. important because 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 you're out on the parade field and it makes the general feel better. No, when you look squared away, that's part of your discipline as a soldier, conforming to AR six seventy one Army Reg. It's part of the attention to detail that you train because I'll tell you, attention to detail when things get rough is what keeps these kids alive. Right. Okay? So when I say you need to you need to have your uniform squared away and your equipment squared away, not only is it going to stay alive, also the American people are seeing it, and I don't want them scratching their head going, wow, man, they, they, they don't look, man, those guys don't look really motivated, bad haircuts. It's like they don't care. You know, as a leader, your job is to ha- help your guys show they care by caring. I um I, 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 I appreciate what you're saying, and, and the only reason I'm not going to add to it is because I, I, I haven't had that – I don't have the experience you did, but I take, I take yours and I take your word because it was certainly things that I thought, and I was saying, what is it I'm looking at here? Exactly. And, yeah. you're, you're the – look, you're, you're the boss. You're the, you're, you're the guy these people are ultimately working for, and if you're sitting there scratching your head going, I don't think these soldiers are being treated right. They don't look like, you know, you look at the guys in Iraq and stuff, and they come out of battle, and they're dirty. Some are bloody. Uh, stuff's taped on their uniforms. They've got ropes tied on things. But, you know, they look hard, mm-hmm. and they look focused. Mm-hmm. And you're not like they, – they look like soldiers. When they don't look like soldiers, it's because no one got had the courage and the compassion to treat them like soldiers and demand that that's what they'll be. They absolutely will all the time when you ask them. And if you if you're easy, if you're spending all your time, you know, in, in, in transsexual uh, 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 tra- transsexual issues uh, blocks of instruction, instead of uh, getting out there and actually soldiering, you're going to have guys who don't move with a purpose, who are living in unsanitary conditions. I'll tell you what, uh, you're going to get the uh, you're going to get the runs running through those units like you never believed. And that's you know kind of funny, but not so funny when you're in operation. Kurt, let me ask you about the other side of this, though, which is the larger image that's being communicated right now. Um, I pulled up a story from January of 2017, a Reuters report. I'd like to read it to you. Sure. It's about what took place in Washington, D.C. at the Trump inaugural. A protester hurled an object through a passenger window of a police van, which sped away in reverse as demonstrators cheered. Activists used chunks of pavement and baseball bats to shatter the windows of banks and McDonald's. Multiple vehicles were set on fire, dragged 
Garbage cans lit on fire and dragged into city blocks. Six police officers injured. 217 arrests were made. The next day, 500,000 people showed up to hear Madonna talk about blowing up the White House. Um, is the memory so far gone that the only problem, evidently, is the right here or conservatives? No, they, they, no, they, they, they didn't forget. They just don't think we have a right to participate in our own government. Okay. They think because we're knuckle-dragging Jesus or, uh, you know, loving uh, mm-hmm. or, or other religions, mm-hmm. uh, gun people uh, who uh, refuse to accept uh, that we need to uh, specify our pronouns at every, uh, every uh, interaction, that we have no right, that we have no moral authority to pursue our interests, and that we should shut up and obey. It starts with the whole notion that speech is violence, and we got used to that on the college campus. It was ratcheted up into an impeachment claim earlier this week, wasn't it? Yes, it you, was. You know the law of incitement as well as anyone. There is no, there is no decision at any federal well, it, level it, it, at any federal level that would have considered that incitement. Not one. No, 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 no. That would have been a joke. That would have been a joke. Saying we need you to go fight. Everybody says go fight. Mm-hmm. Fight doesn't necessarily mean violent combat. I mean, come on. Is this a joke? Here's the thing. Um, they were super eager to get this passed. I wonder why. Because today we're finding yeah. that the cops actually arrested at least one Antifa guy, maybe a couple. I went to his website. I went to his maybe, website. Maybe. You should go to his website. It'll blow you away. Go to his website. Oh, I don't want that on my browser history. Okay. Not, with the, uh, not with the NSA out there. Well, it's a burning uh, American flag is what it is. It starts with. Oh, well, that's, that sounds like a Trump guy. Yeah, Trump guy. Mm-hmm. No, look, uh, there is more to it. And, you know, people putting together a timeline, you know, the president's saying, hey, go peacefully protest. Uh, but people had already left and gone over to do things. People were planning ahead. Yep. Now, look, I think Tom, I, I think Trump's pretty impressive in a lot of things he does, but I don't see him as having fully full command of the time-space continuum, such that he can be held responsible for events that uh, uh, occur before he did the offending act. Right. Right before he spoke, yeah, it's it's it's, it's yeah, some like first, some version of precursion or something like that. I got to run, but, but the yeah, but it's just some sort of uh, uh, you know, it's like tenant, except it makes more sense. Well, I guess um, that's what they're learning now and doing now with the deployment and the advertisement of the deployment of twenty thousand National Guard troops. It's kind of a a pre indictment of Republicans. Uh, do you have time for one more? You got to go. Yeah, I can do another. You can do another. Kurt Schlichter is the author most recently of Crisis. It's a great series, the Kelly Turnbull series. Great, great series. This one's about uh, America splitting apart in red and blue. Check him out on Amazon. He's got a lot of books. That's his most recent. We'll be right back with more from Kurt Schlichter. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. It's Van Halen 5150 Day. Delighted to have Kurt Schlichter with us. Colonel Schlichter, tremendous author, communicator, writer, attorney. Uh, his most recent book, Crisis, takes you from uh, Capitol Hill to Minneapolis in what could be ripped from the headlines. Kurt, yeah, are you? Are you? I, I know some of your music predilections. I'm, I'm not in favor of them all. Are you okay with 5150? Um, look, I'm from Los Angeles, of course. Okay. Uh, 
uh, you know, uh, Van Halen is an important part of our musical heritage. <laughs> that was said very, that was said very officially, <laughs> very, very well scripted. <laughs> very well scripted. Well, I'm not. A, I, look, I'm, I'm a David Lee Roth guy, not a. Not a I understand. Not a we had this debate. Guy. Yeah, we had this debate last night. But um, and there was some other guy too, and I, I don't remember who it was. Cerrone or something. Gary Sharon, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kurt, so when we're talking about these troop deployments in D.C. And, and, and everything you and I were talking about in the previous segment, someone will call in and say, but Seth, uh, what you and Kurt refuse to understand is that there was a damn near coup last week. And there's a lot right. of threats the FBI is telling us are being waged against um, against the nomin- uh, against the inauguration of Joe Biden. Of course, we need a heavy military presence there. You say what? Um, but I, first of all, I don't mind a military presence. I, you know, the National Guard providing security is a uh, common uh, uh, thing, and that's one of the things they're trained to do. Uh, this is overkill, and they're not taking care of the soldiers. So those are the objections. To the extent that there's some sort of uh, you know, perilous peril working out there, um, you know, I, 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 I'm not defending the uh, 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 nitwits who went and decided to hold the riots in the uh, uh, Capitol. I don't support uh, violence. However, there is no, you know, the idea that this is an insurrection. Right. Um, come on. Just stop. That's just stupid. It's stupid. It was a riot. It just happened to happen in the establishment's backyard, and they didn't like it much. Well, you know, there are a lot of Americans who didn't like it either when it was happening, and they didn't care. It doesn't make it right. Just, just point it out. Uh, those were it wasn't an insurrection when they were burning down uh, Minneapolis, and it wasn't as uh, Maxine Waters said a rebellion in Los Angeles during the L.A. riot, which I was with the army during. Uh-huh. So, uh, so I have no patience for this nonsense. Call things by their true names. Uh, it was a riot from a bunch of people who wanted to uh, break things and be loud, and uh, they uh, they enjoyed it, which is a common feature of riot. Was there a riot failure? Was there a failure riot. of law enforcement, as you could tell? No, I don't. First of all, you wouldn't have expected this to happen. I don't think it's reasonable to have expected this to happen. Yeah, uh, I think you know to. You know, if you had triple the number of guys there, you know, it probably would have gone differently. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. you know, if um, I, I don't, I, I don't think anybody saw this coming. President sure didn't. You know, so I, I mean, look, it was that, that's actually thing. an important point. The president didn't. The vice president didn't. He was there. Congressmen yeah. didn't. They well, were there. They didn't coming. see it coming. Right. Now, the, the FBI knew there was threats and planning for disruption. Well, there would be every time there's any kind of rally in yes. D.C. Yeah. Bingo. Right. Bingo. Right. So, you know, you get these breathless news reports, the FBI. You know, well, look, nobody nobody wants to give the FBI grief more than I do. But, you know, the FBI is constantly getting warnings about mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. to say. But there was a warning. Well, okay, when wasn't there a warning? Right. Right. You know, absolutely. By the way, Donald Trump had um, not so long ago dispatched National Guard members to protect some other things like federal statues last June. Yep. Nancy Pelosi yeah. wrote him a letter telling him they needed to stand down. Of course she did. Remember, there's two sets of rules, one for everybody else and one for them. That's what we keep forgetting. Now rioting is bad because it was on their property. Mm hmm. 
That's that's why they're angry about it. it do, do you think that they would be calling an insurrection if they were burning down Kansas City? Well, I know what happened when someone tried to advocate for using the Insurrection Act to prevent the burning down of Kansas City. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. I think we should reprint Tom Cotton's op-ed and hand it out to well, all I, the Democrats and say, welcome to the party, pal. The amazing 180-degree turn of the New York Times, yeah. which is practically orgasmic over the idea of uh, military forces right, right. Uh, being engaged against uh, you know the other half of Americans, is uh, quite remarkable. And, you know, I like look at the soldiers' faces, and a lot of them are like, yeah, yeah, you're, this, is, this is a dog and pony show. Yeah, yeah. Kurt, before I let you go, you have this new book out, Crisis, and um, it really goes into the issue of America dividing on red and blue. And it's, yep. uh, it, 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 it's part of your series, your Kelly Turnbull um, series. But how close to a civil war are we? Uh, I think we're a great diff- distance from a civil war. Good. Uh, you know, people are like, but Kurt, yeah. you recommend that every adult male own a, a adult male and female, every adult who is healthy and law-abiding uh, and competent should own a what what liberals would call an assault rifle, and uh, you know, pistols have uh, uh, training and ammunition. Why do you do that if not for a civil war? Um, you know, I, I we, we also have a, a, a defibrillator in my law. Do we have one, Bill? I'm asking you, we better have one here. Do we? Okay, we do. Good. Okay. If Schlichter's on you, have Schlichter's got one, Leapson wants one. Never mind the Colt, never mind the Wilson Combat 45. I want a defibrillator. Okay. Okay. You can have both. You know, we've gone 250 years where really we've only needed to do, we've only drawn on our weapons once. Uh, and that was a terrible tragedy uh, in the Civil War. The, the the simple fact is this is such a radical notion that, you know, right now our courts still work. Uh, do they rule the way we want? Um, do they function the way we, they should? Not always. I'm a lawyer. Half the time, you know, half the time people in court walk out unhappy. Um, but But we still have the ability to be heard. The ability to make our votes known, yes, there was uh, uh, there were very big problems with the election. I worked for the president of Nevada. I saw him up close. Uh, but we are nowhere near where we need to hurt anybody physically. I'm so glad you, you are of that perspective, Kurt. I really am because um, it's it, 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 it just needs to be said. There is a lot of talk about being in a cultural or political or a cold civil war. And I have long thought we are nowhere near the hot one. And uh, I've seen uh, I, I I I served in the ruins of a civil war in Kosovo. Yeah. I know what it looks yeah, like. Do. I don't want it here, right. and I'm not hoping for it. Good for you, man. Good for you. Author of Crisis, the great Kurt Schlichter. Happy New Year, Kurt. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Talk to you soon. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Uh, Bill, my uh, friend Gil, I guess he's listening, said that the last two songs weren't from 5150. You agree with that? I'm for Kurt. Why? Well, he mentioned he preferred the Roth era, and that's okay. The guests do not determine. That's a good point. You said 5150 day. Yeah. 
Yeah, of course, does every guest who has some weird musical taste, I mean, have you heard his musical tastes? They're not good. Kristen's in Kroon Creek. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Seth. Um, Do you remember me from a long time ago? I used to call in about the corner rallies that we were having. Of course I do. It wasn't so long ago. It's like a month and a half, two months ago. Right. Um, Well, I've been with a lot of these people. I'm calling on the issue that you said, do you think that now having the National Guard in Washington, D.C. is a direct reflection on us? We well, I don't. I don't think it is. I think it's being portrayed as it is. I think that exactly. there's an underlying, there's an unarticulated message here that because Republicans, twenty thousand troops are necessary. Exactly, and it's unfortunate that the other side is not getting any information from us, any facts, any previous history, because I've been out there with people from eight months to eighty-eight years old. Most of us first time involved with politics, and we've always been peaceful. After the election, everything was peaceful at all the contested states. And now they are being told after one day on, on January 6th that we are that way. And mm-hmm. it's just not true. It's right. very unfortunate. I know. And I think people should take heart, though. Don't let their disappointment or anger make them cave in. Because all politics is local, and they should get involved. Um, I know at the state level, we're trying to get one day, one vote on paper. So if you're interested in issues like this, find ways to get involved. Get involved with a school board. I mean, we have to try within lawful means to get things done now that everything, all the evil has been revealed. Well, Kristen, I, I, I just I, I'm so glad you said that because my worry is and I get a call every now and again saying I'm giving up and that's not what that's not what's going to help. That's not what's going to that, that's not what's going to save us. Um, if if Montesquieu says uh, if if a nation falls by the by, by dint of losing one battle, the question is, what were the conditions of a nation that made it so fragile it could lose? By losing one battle. What are the exactly. conditions of the conservative movement in the Republican Party that would have us fold up and go home because we lost an election or however you want to cast it? But the point is this. Um, what are the chances that if you get active or even more active than you were before versus sitting on your hands and not doing anything, what, what, what are, what, what's the Pascalian wager here? What are the chances a change will happen more, more – more, what option are the changes more likely to happen with, doing nothing or getting more active? It's not a close call to me. And, and we have a lot of great raw material. Um, you've heard me. Absolutely. Others have heard me. We, we have a leadership now or at least a membership if not a leadership. We have a membership now that uh, we never had before. We never had I the totally, likes of the team totally we have agree. now. Exactly. Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, right. um, and Biggs, everyone. Everyone that's really being strong and they're being fought back. Yeah, they're not resigning, by the way. Uh, of course not. Right. So we shouldn't we shouldn't uh, resign um, and leave them out there hanging. No. They need us now more than 
ever. I love that sentiment. I'll yeah. be giving up, yeah. and neither will everyone that I associate with. Nice we are sense. holding strong, and we are going through proper means, yep. peaceful means, to get things changed. Nicely And put. thank you for letting me speak. Oh, thanks for speaking. Thanks for doing what you do. No, that's a great sentiment. It's super important. Yeah, I, I just you, – you, you can't counsel indolence. You know, for for too long we haven't been involved enough. So the answer is to not be that the answer is not to be less involved. It just isn't. It isn't. Lick your wounds, have a day of sadness, and then Auld Lang sang and get to it. Be right back. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602508-0960. Rob's in surprise. Hi, Rob. Hi, Seth. Happy Friday. And, you know, it's so interesting when you had Kurt on before. Um, I was able to get Kurt for our own podcast on the 1st of March, which is great. Also, I do have to sing his praises for his novels. I've just finished the second one of, I think, five, and they are spectacular. He has kind of combined i don't know if you've ever read any vince flynn or brad thor um he's kind of combined that with maybe a little orwell maybe a little tom clancy but i mean the guy's an overachiever obviously and he has just uh put together a really great uh new hero i guess in this sort of novel where we have a good guy with a military background who's trying to save the country. And, um, and again, you know, he mentioned that uh, he doesn't think any of this stuff's going to happen. But if you read the novels, and I strongly encourage every listener to get every one of Kurt Schlichter's novels, they are just mesmerizing. I can't put them down once I start. And Mrs. Rob doesn't like that so much, but um, I do that anyway. Um, he is just an amazing guy, and he's also spot on. I have to give you know, the Navy perspective from a leadership point of view. He is absolutely right when it came to the D.C. guys in the National Guard laying around marble. Uh, we would not, a real leader is not going to tolerate that kind of behavior uh, with their troops. And it's again, a weird look, isn't it? A, it's an odd look. Oh, it, it, yeah, it's a bad look because uh, it really shows leadership failure. And, you know, I could go on for years and years about that thing. Um, But anyway, I wanted to mention, Kurt, only because I think he's got the whole leadership thing absolutely right. And his books are well worth reading. Also, the book that I first read from him was The 21 Lies About Donald Trump and, in parentheses, and you. I still think it's worth reading because uh, it sort of exposes all the media lies, all the falsehoods, and all the wrong information that Americans got uh, prior to the election. And had more people read him, maybe things would have turned out a lot differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The the second thing, I have to mention this because um, it's a quote from Frederick Douglass. He once said, liberty is meaningless where the right to utter one's thoughts and opinions cease to exist. That, of all rights is the dread of tyrants. It is the right which they, first of all, strike down. I think that is extremely profound. Yeah. Um, I I think we're obviously living this 
kind of thing right now. And uh, and if we're not, we're awfully close. But on a lighter note, I wanted to talk about the 5150 album, um, mainly because um, I remember we talked a long, long time ago, and you were playing something, I don't know, maybe it was Eddie Rabbit. And I said, why are you playing Eddie Rabbit? And you said, because it makes me happy. <laughs> and and I, I look at almost every song on 5150 from Van Halen, and, you know, we used to lift weights in Miramar to increase our G-tolerance, and we almost always had Van Halen just pounding on the gym's uh, PA system. And 5150 was one of those great albums that had almost every great song that came out. One thing I found interesting with 5150 was, um, yeah, Eddie had his home studio named that, but I don't know if you ever saw the video Hot for Teacher, but at the end of it, each member of Van Halen was uh, shown like their future, like Alex is uh, a gynecologist in L.A. Oh, I see, okay. Yeah, Michael Anthony's a sumo wrestler, Eddie, or I'm sorry, David Lee Roth is America's greatest game show host, and Eddie is in a straitjacket where he's recovering at a uh, institution, and the 5150, I think, is a California law enforcement term uh, for a mentally disturbed person. Yeah, right, which, right, right. It's a mental health issue crisis uh, yeah. call. Right, now, right. Yeah, the other thing, and I, I, I had forgotten um, the cover, you know, big muscular guy holding this uh, metallic uh, sphere. I always thought that was this Jake guy from Body by Jake, but it turns out that was actually a guy named Rick Valente, who was an L.A. Uh, bodybuilder slash personal trainer um, to uh, a bunch of stars, of course. Um, with uh, the departure of David Lee Roth, they were obviously having a hard time finding a replacement singer for Van Halen. And the way they got Sammy was when Eddie Van Halen apparently was driving a Lamborghini into his mechanic, uh, the mechanic... Uh, had recommended uh, that he think about talking to Sammy. Hmm. And so through the mechanic, uh, that's how Sammy got into Van Halen. No kidding. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that. It, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm here, Seth, of course. You of know course. That. <laughs> All right. I love stories and, like this. I love stories about Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and of course, Mrs. Rob wants me to emphasize that during our wedding in Las Vegas two and a half years ago, uh, we did use dreams uh, in the procession, I believe, when she came up to, uh, despite her better efforts, she decided to marry me despite all my shortcomings. Um, and she's still stuck with me. Um, well, we can't, you know, change any of that. Also, the, the, another big thing, and, and even though the wedding song is very important, um, 5150 was also the first album that Van Halen made number one on the Billboard 200. Right, that um, I remember. And, yeah, yeah, and I think it was their previous album, 1984, that was number two, but mm -hmm. it, it ended up uh, being second only to Michael Jackson's Thriller, where Eddie Van Halen actually played guitar mm -hmm. on, on Thriller, which I thought you know was kind of interesting. So, again, I just wanted to throw that kind of cool stuff about 5150 and um, I'm glad to hear you guys are playing the songs, and many kudos and thanks to Bill, as always, for having such good taste in music, because obviously, you know, we're, we're kind of bonded with our musical taste for some reason, even though I think there's a little bit of an age difference. <laughs> 
Well, but anyway, good music is timeless, right? Good music is timeless. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I think that album, among others, has stood the test of time. I found that uh, Sammy, when he came in, and I did like David Lee Roth to a degree, but I think Sammy made their songs, or maybe made Eddie, a little more musical, because Sammy could play a decent guitar, unlike David Lee Roth. So that could allow Eddie to play some synthesizer keyboard stuff. And I don't know what their creative uh, genius was, but it seemed to work really well from a musical standpoint with Sammy there, more so than David Lee Roth. And I did like, you know, David Lee Roth, but I also think Sammy brought a more musical approach to Van Halen, if that's possible in a rock-type genre. Could be. Could be. You know a lot more about it than I do, but I learned a lot. I appreciate it, Rob. Seth, you have a great weekend. God okay? bless you, sir. Thank you. Bless you too. You bet. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Do a lot of you know who Glenn Lowry is? L O U R Y. Glenn. Lowry, not rich. Glenn spells it differently. Glenn Lowry is a uh, he's a, a professor of economics uh, now at uh, I guess he's at Brown University now. He used to be at Boston University some years ago. He was at the American Enterprise Institute, and he's had um, he's had a, a fairly interesting um, career politically in in so far as his ideology from liberal to conservative, back to liberal and back to conservative again, African-American. He does a regular podcast and he has a piece up at Substack, glennlurie.substack.com. It's a very interesting piece about how uh, he puts a fair amount of blame, a lot of blame in his own words, on Barack Obama for the – summer of love, quote-unquote, that we went through last year and through and for a lot of the violence that we lamented last year. Uh, I'll just, he he transcribes some of it, and um, I'll just tell you some of what he wrote. He said, he said, I don't know why Barack Obama couldn't have said, mobs in front of courthouses are not due any respect whatsoever. A mob in front of a courthouse is to be denounced. I think he should have given speeches in which instead of equivocating and saying we understand that people have a reasonable expression, he should have said there's no excuse whatsoever for what you're doing. He should have said I want to know everybody who broke the law and I want them arrested and brought to trial. If you throw projectiles at police officers, you're going to be held accountable. If I've got facial recognition software that can find that you were among the looters who walked out there without paying for those goods, you should be held accountable. I think he should have told people this is not Emmett Till. You're hysterical. This is the United States of America, flawed as it is. It's not the 1950s United States of America. And by the way, have you noticed I was twice elected president as a black man? I think he should have told them that the cops are essential to the maintenance of civil order in our society and that the whole business he did engage in with Al Sharpton and if I had a son, he'd look like that. Trayvon 
were a big mistake. That's Glenn Lowry. Check his stuff out if you don't. He is a deeply interesting man. Glenn, G-L-E-N-N Lowry, L-O-U-R-Y. A lot more coming up. And your calls, of course, 602-508-0960. Anything on your mind, happy to do it.